I'm a walking blooper. So that's gonna be my goal. Never gonna never to be a blooper. Welcome back to Admissions Uncovered, the college applications podcast with your host, Michael Gao, and me and Dominic. Today, we're joined by a special guest, Kevin Bai. Kevin Bai is, like me, a graduating senior, and he graduated from Plano West and Plano ISD. That's another suburban school here in Dallas, Texas. Next year, he'll be going to Northwestern to do a double major in economics and violin. We invited Kevin on today because he was one of the leaders of the student movement to get rid of class rank in Plano ISD. Their movement was successful. They got rid of class ranks for those not in the top 10% starting in the class of 2023. In addition, class rank calculations for those students will no longer be on a cumulative GPA of all classes, and instead will only be based on a GPA of their core classes like math, science, social studies, and English. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Kevin. Thank you for having me. All right, Kevin, how did this movement start initially? Uh, For a long time that students and their parents of Plano ISD, as well as teachers, have really disliked the sort of atmosphere that class rank has uh, brought to Plano ISD schools and especially Plano West. And it's really, there's not really a point at which this movement actually started. It was already here. But um, I do know that a few years ago, my mom's friend's daughter went up to the board and tried to get this change, and they didn't really do anything at that point. But I think that was probably the first instance of a student going to the board and um, telling them that we need to get rid of class rank or at least alter the system significantly. Now, has this been a big issue uh, among the student body, or is it just uh, a small percentage of students who actually care about this issue? Well... Define small percentage because I I think that like you know like the bottom half of the class at Plano West mm-hmm. probably you know doesn't care about their grades that much. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But definitely at least the top quarter or maybe even like as much as the top half care about their grades significantly enough to where class rank is something they worry about on a constant basis. Interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned that. Um... Some students have tried to approach the school board about this before. So why do you think they weren't successful? And like, what helps you you guys be successful this time? Well, I think that they were like stepping stones because after enough people complained to the school board, they actually made an investigative committee themselves that comprised of like teachers and students as well, who would tell them, you know, about their concerns about the system, just as students in the past have done it before. And because so many people have complained and that their quote-unquote investigation has found that class rank has negatively affected students at Plano West, we were ultimately more successful in making like a final push to the school board. So I did read the report that um, had a link on your change dot change.org petition. And when I saw the members of the committee, it was this like long list of like dozens of teachers, parents and students. How how much of the activity on that committee was actually involving the students? Because it seems like there is a whole bunch of other people and it seems like there's a whole bunch of people in general 
Um, and I don't know like how much effort or how much work that each person put in versus just the people administrating the committee, like the people at the top, the the school officials taking over the process. Do you have any insights on how that committee went? Well, I, I read some of the committee's findings and they're just like basically doing surveys on the students as well as the parents, basically, on how they perceived uh, certain aspects of the current class ranking system and how it affected them. And I guess the bulk of the work was done by the administrators then because the students just responded to their survey. And the students comprised of like good students and bad students so they can get mm -hmm. like a complete picture of how people think and not just like the top students who will obviously think that class rank makes it more stressful. Do you remember any of the results from those surveys? Um, not particularly, no. <laughs> but they did make recommendations, and the recommendations were like, we need to get rid of class rank. So mm -hmm. I, I assume that the results of those surveys pointed to that that recommendation. So to kind of take it a step back, I understand that this is something that's been in you know, the discussion among parents, students, teachers, and Plano ISD for a bit. But tell me a little bit about how the movement got started this year. What was kind of the, the spark that lit the fire, if you will? Well, last year, actually, um, mm -hmm. they already had a change proposed. It's, it's, I think it's still quite different from this year's change. But last year, they had a change proposed to remove class rank, essentially, and it failed because, you know, at the the last board meeting, there were like 10 parents who came up and spoke against the change. They're like, oh, we, we don't want this change and blah, blah, blah. And because parents are paying taxes and they're the ones sending their children to school, I think that <laughs> right. the, the board was like, uh, we're going to, how about let's not pass this. So, you know, off yes uh, off of last year's like sort of defeat we, we as students we hoped that it would pass earlier and we were sort of disappointed so um this year me and gunjin or gunjin wrote a petition and that was quite similar to last year's pro um, proposal that Plano ISD was considering uh but he added a few things onto it and from there, I really liked his idea, and we started like spreading this petition and getting a lot of signatures, and we ended up with 400 and I don't remember how many, but we ended up with quite a few signatures. I signed it. Yes, you you even signed it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, we, we got our petition... Uh, we got some news coverage for our petition as well. It was on the Dallas Morning News, or his petition. And you were on CBS too, C our local CBS channel. Yes, I was on CBS. Yes, as that as well. And well, you know, we we the petition was going to be sent directly to the board, uh, to their emails, and every time someone signs, you know, change.org spams <laughs> right. an email to them. And I, I didn't know if they were actually going to read it, but it turns out they they did read it because they mentioned it at the last board meeting. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Gungeon's petition that a lot of people signed kind of kicked it off. 
Um, what were those interme- intermediary steps? Um, were teachers involved? Did you guys try to get parents involved in making comments at board meetings? What What was the process after the petition started to kick off? Well, so Gunjin actually got a few teachers to put it on their board. Um, and but the teachers themselves weren't very willing to go speak out against uh, or speak out to the board and i i don't know why yeah fair enough like job safety yeah (laughs) there's a lot of rules about speaking out to the board that i was too lazy to read so i don't know (laughs) if i broke a couple of them um (laughs) uh and Besides getting students to sign, we also got some students to go speak each board meeting besides us. Because if it was just us every single time, I think that would look like, is this just like a two-person movement or something? Right. Yeah. Um, As well as parents. We got some parents to share on Facebook. And there were also some parents that were on WeChat sharing it, which is surprising because, you know, WeChat was where the most of the people from last year who opposed the proposal, that's where they were last year and how they organized themselves. <laughs> All right, so you talked about those people who opposed it. Uh, do you yeah. remember kind of what their argument was for keeping class rank in place? Okay, well, one of them was one of them was arguing how, you know, only bad students are going to support this change, low-ranked students. There's no way high-ranked students would support this which is actually not true since we had several members of our top 10, which top 10 ranked people, which is in Plano West is like less than 1% um, sign right. our petition. And like Gunjin, the person who wrote our petition was 2%. It's not like he was quote unquote a bad student in, by <laughs> any means. <laughs> yeah. Um, another piece of criticism um, is that, you know, by getting rid of class rank that would somehow hurt kids' chance of getting into college or elite private colleges. Um, But personally, I think that class rank more often than not actually hurts people's ability to get into uh, elite private colleges or even just, you know, state public colleges. Can you tell me a little bit about the demographics of people who were for and against the proposal? Um, so, for example, like what types of students were against it? Um, were admins in favor or against it? Um, were there any teachers that were outspoken about it? I understand that they were concerned about job security, but could you paint a little bit of the picture of who was on which side? Uh, well, I think generally teachers supported removing class rank because they thought, you know, Plano... Plano students were too obsessed with getting a 97 or a 93 or whatever tier they wanted uh, for their GPA. And those those small differences in GPA, we only worry about because there is a class rank. I mean, minute differences in GPA can make a giant difference in class rank. Now, if class rank didn't exist, we probably wouldn't be worrying about the difference between a 96 and 97 because they're both really great grades. So teachers, I remember I had a student teacher in pre-cal who was always lecturing the class, uh, guys, you know, 97 is not that important. What's important is understanding the class. And if you have nope. 95 or 96, nope. that clearly shows you probably have an understanding. But 
Yeah. Uh, and in terms of students, it's kind of odd because some students in the back are mm-hmm. not in the back, but relatively lower than some of the people who signed our uh, Gungeon's petition right. actually didn't want the proposal to pass. You know, people who were ranked uh, 15% or something like that, they thought um, that being ranked 15% is better than just not having a rank at all, which two colleges, I think, if you're below 10% and you have a rank, that might... I, I've read that it does not look that great. Um, right. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, and there are, of course, some people throughout at the top who also didn't, uh, who also opposed it. But I think generally the students were okay with the change as well. And in terms of parents, uh, parents, I'd say that on WeChat I observed that there was a strong Asian mom group <laughs> that was against, as there always is, yeah, as there always is, that uh, opposed the proposal. And at the board meeting, I think two Asian mobs walked into the board <laughs> meeting. I assume they were going to speak out, but they walked in a couple minutes late, so they're not allowed to speak and all that. Uh, but they they asked nice. me. Nice. <laughs> they asked me. They're like, uh, one of them's like, "Hey, you're you're Kevin, right? Uh, I I didn't uh, I didn't see anyone on WeChat organize uh, people to come speak out against the change." I'm like, yeah, because I'm speaking <laughs> for the change. <laughs> yeah, but and nice flip of the tables. <laughs> flip of the tables. Well, I don't know if she was actually against it or not, but yeah, the that demo, um, the Asian moms were the ones. Well, I think the majority of Asian moms at that point already accepted that you know we do need a change, but mm-hmm. the people who did oppose it at all were. Uh, basically the Asian moms on WeChat. Mm -hmm. So I have a question, maybe a bit more in the weeds and the mechanics of what happened. Um, So I understand there was some press coverage around this issue. How did you guys strategize about dealing with the press coverage? Um, Did you guys invite the press coverage? How did, how did the media angle of it work for you guys? Well, so on the first board meeting we went to speak out, which was in January, uh, we just got lucky because we didn't know there was any media there. And then, uh, like, two days later, you know, the Play-Doh Star Courier shows up on my front door. And I look, hey, look, there's me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm quoted on the front page about, like, class rank and stuff. So at that point, we contacted the author. We actually um, told the author to make a change to... Or article because there was something wrong. I don't remember what it was. But after that, we actually got a couple more articles written about, you know, this movement by the Plano Star Courier. And again, like CBS and Fox News, which I, I wasn't on Fox News, but Gungeon was on Fox News. And as well as another student, Stephen Ding, who was out speaking to the board, they also just showed up without any us telling them, or I assume they they must have read the board's agenda that day that they were going to discuss class rank change and vote on it. 
Interesting. Did you guys actively reach out to the media organizations or did the media organizations kind of just show up at these events? Well, they show up, but then Gunjin sends them the proposal or like their petition and all of that. And the media just sort of uh, helped us advertise the proposal. So um, did you guys also work with students from other schools during this movement? And how did they participate? in it um certainly a lot of students from other schools signed the petition gungeon's petition and many of them reshared it because this is something that a lot of plano isd students not just plano west students share um even though that it's probably the worst at plano west um we didn't exactly reach out to people from other schools, they sort of uh, just shared the petition after uh, we published it on Facebook and on other social media websites. All right, so before we move on to a discussion about class uh, class rank as a more holistic discussion, uh, do you have any advice for other students who want to do this at their school? Well, I think that they have to, um, first of all, they have to engage a lot of other students but not only students, I think they have to uh, get the parents to support them if they want to go to a s school board meeting. I think we got lucky this year because no parents came out against us because ultimately parents are probably, to in the eyes of the board, they're more important than right, students right. speaking. So I, I think that for other students wanting to do this in their school district or whatever, they they should get parents to actively go support their movement as well. And maybe teachers, though teachers do, yeah, as, as Michael said, <laughs> job security. But also actively reach out to news media because they're more than happy to cover this type of change. And I wasn't actually, I, I wasn't aware that they covered these kind of changes because um, I didn't know it made for a juicy enough story, but <laughs> right. it does. So, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to CBS or whoever in the area. Yeah, well, that's this is actually a really amazing story about what happened in Plano ISD taking away class rank. You know, I signed the petition kind of when I saw it on Facebook when either you or Gungeon shared it, shared it on their your Facebook pages, and I just signed it, and you know thought that nothing would come of it. You know, it was another one of those change.org petitions. But it's really amazing the work that you got done, the successes that you've had, and the you know the organizing that was involved with getting students um, to these meetings, these students to these meetings on time, unlike those two parents, so that they could speak. Um, so oh, yeah. I think it's I think it's really incredible what you guys did over in Plano. Really incredible. Funny Great thing job. is, the the first board meeting, we were actually late by two minutes, oh, but God. they let us speak. So. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You should tell those two parents who <laughs> couldn't speak that, <laughs> see what they say. How about no? That's all right. <laughs> Okay. All right. So thank you so much for telling us you guys' story about how you guys got class rank removed in Plano. Now I kind of wanted to just get into a more general discussion of class rank. Get your thoughts, Kevin, on why you guys wanted to get rid of it and 
kind of bounce off some of our concerns we have about getting rid of class rank with Mm you Um, because i know you have clearly thought about class rank quite a bit (laughs) probably much more than i've ever have so what what was the primary reason why you uh, and gungeon and your team gave that class rank needed to be removed well i personally thought that the atmosphere of work worrying about a 97 over a 96 or you know, 93 over 92, actually people crying over these small differences in their grades. That's what I personally thought was the most glaring sign that class rank, the system needed to be changed. But also I felt that not being able to take electives simply because they're weighted less and your rank is going to drop significantly. Because remember, if you take a 4.0 and there's no class rank while your GPA can still be really high and no one's going to care. But if you have a class rank, your GPA might still be really high, but it's lower than a lot of other people's. And now your class rank has just dropped by 30 or 40 by just taking that elective. To me, I think it's, uh, it's bad that you can't take these sort of elective courses that you want to take for example, orchestra, um, because you're worried about your class rank. And to me, that really discourages a really important aspect on the college application, the extracurricular activities. Because if someone really loves orchestra, really loves music, but is disincentivized from doing that because of class rank GPA reasons, that, you know, is A, just independently bad because we should let students pursue their interests, but also B, bad for their college applications because they don't have a solid extracurricular because you know they're too worried about rank so i think that's a very interesting reason and very true reason why class rank should be um, removed and and there's also the fact that you know if you a 90 a 97 for example is a lot lot harder to get than 95 it I, i don't know why but a 97 requires you to be virtually perfect on all of your assignments while 95 you can be sort of oh this homework assignment i'm just going to wing it i mean diminishing marginal utility right? exactly so uh, the, the, <laughs> the the extra you have to spend so much extra effort for these two points because of your class rank that you have to sacrifice all the other activities in your life basically i mean that's also why that i keep getting to uh, the middle of tiers because I I'm, I don't have time to go put out another 200% effort for an extra point. <laughs> right. And so another perspective I have on this issue is perhaps like getting rid of class rank gets rid of some of the kind of negative competition you have. Because I could definitely imagine a scenario where, you know, someone's fighting to get into that top 10% to get into auto admit into a state school like utd yeah and so they stop sharing study guides or working with other students so that both of them prove and instead just close them off and so work to only improve themselves is that something you've seen in plano kind of sabotaging for lack of a better word other students i see that in some people and especially with cheating and the recent events of cheating in plano isd um, but oh man yeah, yeah and while there are like a lot of generous people who who take the time to make study guides there are people who who are withholding it to themselves 
and like Gungeon said before that um I I wasn't aware with aware of this but Gungeon said that there's even like some sort of social hierarchy based on class rank. Are uh, you serious? Yeah, some social hierarchy like, you know, the rank 10s or 20s won't talk to the people who are merely ranked in the hundreds, which is like that's bad. bad. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh like, my god. That's that's pretty bad. It's like nerdy mean girls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nerdy mean girls. <laughs> At this time, we would like to tell you about the newest sponsor of the Emissions Uncovered podcast, Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes in design, business, technology, and more. Students anywhere in the world pay as little as $8.25 a month to access classes taught by real-world practitioners. For busy people, Skillshare classes are designed to be bite-sized with short video lessons to fit your schedule. You can learn at your own pace and on the go with their free mobile apps on both Apple and Android phones. Skillshare's community of over 3 million members shares a library of over 21,000 video classes in which you will have access. There's everything from writing classes that can help you write your college essays and business classes that help you better run your extracurricular side businesses. Thanks to Skillshare, by visiting bit.ly slash aupod2018 or the link directly down below under the sponsor section, you can get 30 days of Skillshare Premium for free through their free trial program, and you can also help out your favorite podcast host at the same time. Thank you so much for your time and support, and now back to the podcast. All right, so Dominic and me, what do you guys think about getting rid of class rank? Are there any concerns that you have with it? Any other reasons why you think other school districts should think about removing it? Um, so I think just kind of across the nation, there's just such a great difference in grades and how difficult classes are, even inside different school districts. So I think that just in general, class rank is kind of deceiving. Um, unless, you know, the, the school has a great connection with the high school um, and they know that different schools are harder than other ones and that different ones are more challenging. For example, a magnet school versus a regular home school. Um, I also think that in order to attack this issue, you kind of have to think of what the purpose of school is, right? So just kind of we t- how we talked about not wanting to cooperate with other people. Um, not that I know the answer uh, personally, but I think that you kind of have to look at school and see what the purpose of it is. And uh, based off of that, I think it, that would be how you kind of attack this issue. Yeah, so personally, I think getting rid of class rank, at least for our school, was a really good thing. Because I know a lot of people, because like AP classes are weighted on a 5.0 scale. So a lot of them would just take a bunch of AP classes and not even try that hard because they know that they're going to be weighted more compared to people who aren't taking all those AP classes, which isn't really fair because it kind of dissuades people from taking harder classes because they want to keep their rank or keep their GPA high, even though they might really like that class, but they would rather opt to take an easier AP, I mean a relatively easier AP so that they would get a higher score. So I think by getting rid of class rank, as you said, um, the students can pick more of the classes they want and then they can pick 
to they can do extracurriculars and all that which is really good and really important in like the college application because it's not all about your grades so you gotta give you gotta have time to do other things and for reference nia and i go to a school with classes of about 70 kids uh, most of the time under that so our top 10 percent is seven kids and our in for the main state schools in texas for ut i believe it's right now uh the top seven percent of a high school are automatically admitted and they're looking to even lower that just because they have to automatically let in so many kids that the school just can't do it so for us i mean you're you're only getting four kids automatically into a school and at our school and i know it happens at other ones as well but there's just such a great difference between different classes and it's so well known which classes you're going to get a good grade in so for example our chemistry class our ap chemistry class is very hard to get a good grade in as uh, compared to other classes where you're pretty much given a free high A or even a 100. So for us, you can really kind of game the system. Also, my friend who was rank one for us sophomore year, it was only because he took a ton of AP classes. And I mean, he did work hard to get his grades up in those classes, but it put him so high above other people that were only able to take three or four at most that it kind of gave an unfair advantage there. And I think that uh, that just kind of has a negative effect on it because these kids are always fighting for that rank one. And it, de- it definitely does take a toll on them. Um, from what I've seen, even back in middle school and definitely in high school, the kids at the top, with the exception of some, uh, they just only focus on school. And it really comes to bite them when it comes to the college application process. And then they're never able able to really understand why they didn't get in because their whole life they've been the best student in the school but they didn't really realize that they didn't do anything else on the side when a kid who like Kevin talked about earlier uh, spends so much time on extracurriculars and diversifying himself that uh, their grades suffer a little bit but they make up in different areas so much more than the top students that they blow them out of the water when it comes to college applications. You do always hear of the kids who have had the perfect 4.0 GPA, the 1600 on the SAT, the 36 on the ACT, National Merit Semifinalist, Champion Math Olympiad, and they get rejected from all the IVs, all their top 20, top choice schools, and have to, you know, like, quote unquote, have to go to slum it out at UT or whatever. And you always hear the stories, and if you're Asian, like, you always hear complaints that, oh, it was because of affirmative action, you know? And so I always think it's, it's, it seems to lack perspective because there's a lot of people who just reduce qualification to numbers and grades, and that just doesn't seem correct to me. There seems to be other factors that speak to your qualification to be a good college student or to be a good person than just how well you did in 10th grade math. Yeah, because it's all about yeah. in college being well-rounded and even later on when you get out of school. And a lot of these kids, they put in like hours and hours to get only one or two points higher than you on like a test. And it's because they put in so much time where else, whereas like you would study for the certain amount of time, make like a 96 and they would get a 98 because they put in three more hours while you gave that time to do extracurriculars or something like that, which is really bad for some students who put so much time into studying that they don't get to do anything else. Yep. Going off of Nice point, I would say 
you need to be well-rounded to a point. Um, so just like it's not good to be, you know, going for that rank one and only spending all of your time on homework, but I also think that if you spend your entire high school career just trying to build that resume up, so you join a, you join 10 different clubs and you try to join a sports team and you do all these things on the side that you think are going to come together and your application just looks like to the, or it looks to the admissions officer that you were doing this just for the resume. So I would say that you need to try to be well-rounded, but you also need to have that spike that we talked about in an earlier podcast so that you stand out because you do need to be well-rounded, but you also need to be good at something. Uh, and that's true for everything. So that's my take on it. Yeah. And I also, I personally think that I was maybe too spiked in my application like I only played violin and did nothing else, and that's probably why I like got waitlisted at a ton of schools. <laughs> but you're going to Northwestern, so <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, so that's a, it. Worked out fine, but you know, it it was a stressful, stressful few months for me. Speaking of college admissions, I want to kind of give maybe the alternative perspective. I was reading a Washington Post article about the effect of getting rid of class rank um, on a kid's chances of college admissions. And the, the Washington Post article had some quotes from admissions officers that said it was just going to be super hard to distinguish between kids because of the lack of a class rank. Um, because, you know, because all these schools are getting thousands of thousands of applications, they need some initial test to get rid of kids that they know just will not, you know, do well at their school. And so by getting rid of class rank, these schools now only have the metric of standardized testing, which I think we can all <laughs> yeah. agree is you know not the better option than versus class rank. So, Kevin, what do you think of that argument? What do you think about the impact of getting rid of class rank on college admissions? Well, I think that uh, um, it is a valid point that you know colleges don't have much time to evaluate each application. They need to automatically eliminate some applications like you said and actually right. english schools already don't allow you to apply unless you meet their certain academic requirements but they're they have like i don't know what they're called a levels or whatever yeah the so, a levels yeah, a level so but the united states do not have those so i still think that if you go to a school as good as tags for example that person who's ranked at 50 percent is not going to be you know, any worse than um, some some random school in the middle of Texas, and that this kid is like in one percent. Like that kid might even be more academically qualified. So I think that colleges sort of need to look beyond class rank now. And I think since the College Board has cited that more than fifty percent of high schools no longer report class rank, that sort of forces the colleges now to look beyond class rank as a sort of a first round eliminating factor and perhaps using standardized testing. But as, as you said, that's not always accurate. But I also think that since more than half of U.S. high schools uh, don't report rank, it's not as important as it was, let's say, 10 or 15 years ago when most U.S. high schools still reported rank. Actually, we actually have the stats on that. So the National Association for College Admission Counseling actually said that in 1993, more than half of the colleges considered class rank really important. 
But by 2008, less than 20% stated that it was important. And recently, um, last year, just last year in 2017, only 9.2% of it of schools said that it was consider of considerable importance. So that shows that nowadays colleges don't put um, such an importance on class rank as it did before. So the whole argument with um, it harming your chances of getting into college because you don't have a class rank doesn't really hold if you look at the stats now. And what do we think as a discussion group? Um, what do you, which which type of schools do you think makes up the nine point two percent? Because I mean that is still a decent amount of colleges, um, but it is less. But I think there are a certain group of schools that are holding out with that over time. So I think it'd be interesting to kind of figure out which schools they are. Personally, I think, for example, UT Austin probably still thinks it's considerably. Uh, I mean, considering they have an auto emit. Uh, well, I mean, that's also mandated by the state of Texas, but considering they they do have an auto mid, I think they do care about rank to a certain extent right now. So probably your state schools? Yeah. And then not as many of the top tier institutions, or probably not private schools as much either? Probably, yeah, I, I would agree with that. There are definitely more schools that are more metric-based or numbers-based um, that are just like a character of how their admissions offices work. So like one school that's famous for this is Washington University in St. Louis um, really cares about numbers and values that much more heavily than a lot of other schools in their tier do. And that's why our school has a lot of admits <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah. So I think there are definitely some schools that care about it more state schools like schools like ou for example that you know dominic and i were talking about before the show give a lot of money just for having like mediocre test scores so okay so for a school that gets rid of class rank when you submit your application to colleges what do they see like if you're in the top 10 percent, does it say top 10 percent? and then if you aren't does it just say not ranked um i think what they're the plano isd said that you would be top 10% and then they would just say nothing. <laughs> they wouldn't even have a class rank. They wouldn't say not ranked or anything. They just have nothing on the transcript if you're not in 10%. So they, I mean, inevitably the college will find out that you're not in the top 10%. But um, And personally, I think that if there wasn't auto-omit and that if Texas did not legally require it, it would make more sense to just get rid of all ranking rather than just identify 10%, which again is like sort of ranking kids, but not really. Yeah, because a lot of the competition is usually like within the top 10% itself. Those kids that are really stressed out. But also I think in terms of college admissions, Plano ISD did this presentation like a psychological effect even if they the admissions office says they don't really care about class rank quote unquote you know if someone applies to their school and this specific this was a unt professor making a presentation at a plano isd like presentation and mm -hmm. uh, the unt guy is like so if i took this student as um you know b pluses and does a lot of you know, some extracurriculars 
and meets all of the standardized test scores for UNT, would you guys admit them? And then the parents at the, at the presentation all raise their hands. And then this U, same UNT professor then added and then, uh, and, and then said, oh, but what if the student were ranked 50% and then everyone put their hands down? So like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's an identical student. So that that's sort of like a psychological effect, even though, you know, these students are the exact same, except one has a class ring, the other doesn't. And yeah, that's sort of the point that Plano ISD was trying to make there, too. One of the other things we wanted to discuss a little bit is whether the numbers that we get in high school, you know, class rank, GPA, standardized test scores, whether they predict future success. So there is this researcher from Boston College named Karen Arnold, who did this study by tracking 81 different high school valedictorians and salutatorians. And so what Arnold found was that later on, they did very well in school. You know, they graduated undergrad, they went, most of them went on to graduate school with a reasonable GPA, which shows that they have a fairly successful lives, standard successful lives. But the study showed that these were kids who led fairly successful lives, but not extraordinarily su- successful lives, not amazing lives that, you know, fundamentally changed the world. They're not, you know, famous politicians or, you know, life-changing doctors, whatever. They leave mundane but successful lives. And so what Arnold and this Times article kind of hypothesizes is that, you know, these people who get the best grades are those who are reliable, follow the rules, conform, do as what they are told. And if that's the trend in real life, it might get you to a pretty high level, but it won't get you to the next level. It won't get you to the ultimate tier of success. You know, it won't let you change the world if you're just following all the rules. What do you guys think about that study and that hypothesis? I think it's true. And the fact that uh, if they're if they're always striving to be the rank one person, there's an end goal in sight, right? So they want to be the best at getting the good grades, or they want to be the best in their job, or um, they're always trying to compete against the other people there instead of striving to be on top of that. You know, they just can't see that from what they've been striving for their entire lives. It's just different from what they've been trying to do. Obviously, there are some that will go on to do that. And I think that doing well in school is going to uh, help you in the future. But just doing well in high school is not going to guarantee you great success in the future. It will. It shows that you have the potential to, but you're definitely going to have to work to have anything beyond what's expected if you just continue doing that. But, I mean, if they're happy with it, then that's the perfect place to be. But if somebody wants to be on the top of everything, then they're definitely going to have to go outside their comfort zone. Being extraordinary is not for everyone or, you know, like getting to the next level. Some people want to have like, you know, a good family life and a nice relaxing life. And certainly being a, a famous politician or super big businessman is not going to be relaxing at all <laughs> right <laughs> and maybe not much time to see your kids or whatever that's the uh, life man yes that's the life 
and I I think this is sort of cliche now, but um, you know, sometimes people valedictorians or just people who get really good grades are always being told what to do. Yeah. Uh, but then when they're not being told what to do, they're not going to go do anything. <laughs> so they kind of fall apart, you know, they yeah. because an- another you know, potential relationship is that just in high school, you've been pent up and spent all your weekends studying or whatever. And then you get to college where there's not that many restrictions and you just kind of let loose, fall apart, no longer do your grades, party every weekend, every night. And then everything that was about you in high school kind of falls apart because you never let yourself experience the, you know, other stuff of school. So any any parting thoughts you want to leave us with, Kevin, about class rank or any advice you want to give to the juniors or sophomores or freshmen that listen to our podcast? Well, I, I had a, you know, numerically it was a pretty bad class rank, but <laughs> uh, percentage wise it was it was good. But numerically it was in the 70s. And personally, I, I never worried about it that much. But I know that a lot of people in school do. And while it's right to worry about your class rank to a certain extent, I think that I would I would recommend pursuing some other passion that you have in addition to maintaining your studies. Because in the end, as um, as we saw through college admissions in Plano West this year, a class rank alone means nothing in college admissions. Like even if you're top 10 in Plano West, there are some people who um, were not admitted to any of their top top school choices, um, like Michael said before. Um, right. Yeah, and it's. I think it's more important to have some other passion or, you know, have fun with your childhood because even if you have a passion and you're not admitted to your top choice schools, or uh, and have to go to you know your backup school at least you you spent your childhood doing things you like instead of (laughs) (laughs) studying your butt off and then still getting the same result so yeah i think i definitely agree um Thank you all so much for listening. And of course, thank you, Kevin, for coming on the podcast and telling us about how students in Plano got rid of class rank. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you again for having me. Um, if you got you listeners want to support the podcast, um, please use the Skillshare link that was mentioned in the ad read in the middle of the podcast uh, or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash admissions uncovered. Um, But thank you guys, regardless, for listening to our podcast um, and for sending in your questions and feedback. It really means a lot that um, you guys get so much advice from this podcast. Um, So thank you for listening. And if you have any questions for us, feel free to go to our contact us link on our website to send us questions or your feedback. Um, You can also leave podcast specific um, questions or comments down in the comment section below. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. That was awkward. What was that? Yeah, like, <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> oh, that's YouTube, isn't it? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's a YouTube, Michael. Okay.